Learning the importance and power of communicating with God daily. That's what's coming up today on Bold Steps Weekend with Pastor Mark Job. There's something about you believing enough to come to God in prayer and ask Him that God says, yes, I love that. Even though God already knows the situation, God is still delighted when you come to Him and you express your faith and ask Him. The Bible gives us a pattern for praying, but do you know what it is? Welcome to our new Bold Steps Weekend program. Mark Job is our Bible teacher, and he's also the president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, I'm sure many of us would like to know how we can take our prayer life to a whole new level. And today, Mark is going to be shedding some light on the habit of prayer. And Mark, I'm looking forward to this. You know, Wayne, during this time, especially of this COVID-19 crisis, There's a lot of people that are learning to pray and Mm -hmm. pressing into prayer. And I've been jumping on Facebook Live and the internet a couple of times, leading people through the Lord's Prayer, and it followed this pattern itself. And so you're going to learn today how to pray, not just the prayer that Jesus taught us, but the pattern that he taught us to pray after. Well, here's Pastor Mark with a question now to get us started and to get us thinking. Do you know how to pray? I'm assuming that a lot of people in this auditorium say, well, yeah, I know how to pray. And maybe some of you would say, I know how to pray, but not really good. And maybe others will say, well, I've been praying since I was a little kid, but I'm not really sure my prayers are getting to God the way they should get to God. And sometimes I feel like I pray and they get stuck sort of in the ceiling or in the stratosphere and don't quite make it to, to, to the throne of God. So I do know how to pray, but I'm not sure I know how to pray really well. Well, I believe that prayer is more caught than taught, but I'm going to try this morning to give you uh, an outline of the Word of God that will really help you learn how to pray. A couple of years ago, you may have heard me tell this story before, but a few years ago when my son Josiah was about five years old, I really wanted to teach him how to pray, and especially how to worship God, and I felt like he was praying these prayers, but sort of out of rote and repetition. And so I said to him, son, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how to pray. We're going to learn together. And so I thought to myself, what's more caught than taught, so I told him, tonight, when, we go, when you're ready to go to bed, uh, I'm going to pray with you, and I want you to watch me and see what I do. So sure enough, that evening came, and I went into his room, and I knelt down. And so he watched me, and he knelt down beside me. And I folded my hands like this. And so he watched me, looked up at me, and folded his hands. And then I started to pray. Oh, Lord, I thank you that you are so good and powerful and strong and awesome and your love is forever lasting to everlasting and you're forgiving and, and, and you're holy and full of power. And I kind of forgot he was beside me. I was getting into the worship part. And after a while of doing that, I felt a little tug on my, on my sleeve, a little tug for a while. And I looked down, and there was my son with his hands raised up looking at me, and he said, Dad, and tell him he's handsome too. 
And I said, and Lord, you are so handsome also. But you know, we need to learn how to pray. It takes a while for us to learn how to pray. I heard, I heard there were three Christians that were talking together, and they were talking about the bodily position of prayer. And, and what was the best posture to pray in? And one guy was arguing, well, when I pray, I, I fold my hands like this. And I put my index finger up like this, and it reminds me of pointing to God, and, and it's just my best way to pray. And the other guy that was there said, no, no. You see, when I pray, I get on my knees, and it reminds me that I'm humbled before God, and that's really the best position to pray. And the third guy said, no, no, no. When I pray, I like to pray, pray prostrate on the floor. I lay on the floor, my hands all out. That's the best position to pray in. Well, there happened to be a telephone guy that was listening to the whole conversation, and he says, wait a second, guys, let me interrupt you. The best prayer that I ever prayed was when I fell off a telephone pole and I was hanging by my heels upside down, and that is the best position to pray in. <laughs> I prayed like I've never prayed in my life before, he said. So we thought of hanging a few people upside down this morning to see how well they prayed, but we thought, no, probably not a good idea. But I'm going to try to teach you this morning how to pray like you've never prayed before. And so I want you to be ready for this. Are you ready to learn how to pray? Okay, because I know you know how to talk to God, but I want to take your prayer level to a whole new place. I want you to be able to go home from this place, and I want you to be able to pray like you've never prayed in your life before. I want you to pray with a new pattern and a new passion and a new intensity and feeling like I know where I'm going with my prayer. Well, if you take your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, the sixth chapter, because we have in this passage probably the most powerful teaching on prayer that's found almost anywhere in the New Testament. In fact, in this passage, Jesus begins to teach his disciples how to pray. Now, we don't find it here, but there's a parallel passage in Luke chapter 11, and just jot that down. Luke chapter 11 gives us the context of what was happening when Jesus taught his disciples about prayer. And it tells us in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, that Jesus had gone out to pray. It says, it came about that while he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, after he had finished praying, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John, John the baptizer, also taught his disciples. So here's the scenario. Jesus is praying. And obviously Jesus, being the Son of God, had this direct line to the Father. I'm sure he prayed with passion and intensity and intimacy. He prayed in the will of God, and he prayed with a faith like these disciples had never seen before. And after they had observed Jesus praying, they were so amazed by his praying and so captured by the way he related to the Father that they said, Jesus, now, we don't know how to pray like you pray. Could you teach us how to pray like that? Teach us, Jesus. We want to know how to pray. And so Jesus begins to teach them about prayer. And the first thing that I'm going to begin reading in uh, verse 5 of Matthew chapter 6, because 
before Jesus teaches them how to pray, he teaches them how not to pray, okay? Before you learn how, you have to learn how not to pray. And uh, there's three things he warns them about, three common mistakes to avoid when we pray. He says in verse 5, And when you pray, Jesus speaking, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. He says, hey, first of all, first common mistake that people make is you need to avoid praying to be seen by others. He says some hypocrites, what they like to do is the only time they pray is in church. When they stand out and have these lengthy oratory prayers, where he says they stand on a street corner and they pray. The only time they pray is when others can see them pray because they want to pray in public. They want to pray to be heard by men. They're they're man-focused, not God-focused. You see, prayer is always God-focused. Our audience is God, not other people. And he says, so... If you're praying to be heard by other men, forget it. You've already received your reward. God's not going to answer that prayer because you're really not praying to God. You're praying to other people around you. And so avoid that mistake of only praying in public to be heard by others. Now, it's hard sometimes, isn't it? If you've ever been in a prayer meeting praying with other people, it's hard to stay God-focused. Because if you're a group of people and there's people there, it's, it's really hard to you're conscious that they're there and you're conscious that they're listening and so you're praying to God but they're there as well you want them to agree and it's difficult sometimes to keep that God focus but Jesus is saying make sure that when you pray you're not focusing on others but you're focusing on God because he's the one that's listening mistake number two he addresses in verse six but when you pray go into your room close the door And pray to your Father who's unseen. Now you can see people around you when you're praying, but you can't see God because He's a spirit. He's an invisible God. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So first of all, He says, don't pray just to be seen by others. Secondly, He says, don't neglect your private prayer time with God. He says, if you really want to get to the heart of God, Then go to your house, close the door when no one else is there, and just start praying out to God, calling out to God. No one else can hear you, no one else can see you, but only God can. And God, who sees what's done behind closed doors and in secret, is going to hear your prayer and is going to honor your prayer, and you have a lot better chances of getting to the heart of God when you pray that way. Are you tracking with me? Hey, another place to do it is in your car while you're driving. If you commute to work, pray. I, I, I do it t- at times. And I think sometimes people think he's talking to himself. <laughs> and I figure, ah, I hear people mouthing off to music or people sometimes have their cell phone there. You don't know what they're talking. They may think, well, he's singing to a song or he, he's got a headpiece or he's talking to a car phone. He's just plain old crazy. I don't know one of those or he's talking to himself. But you know what? Sometimes the car is a great place. You're in private. No one knows what's happening. Just call out to God. Just start praying. The King James Version says, uh, go to your house, get into your closet, close your door, and pray. And I remember reading that when I was a teenager and actually doing that. 
I said, well, it says get in your closet and pray. So I went home, closed the door, got in my closet, and prayed. And I quite didn't understand what it was talking about. It doesn't say you have to get in your closet, but you have to be private. I don't want your husband to come home one day and say, hey, honey, honey, where are you? Where are you? In the closet. He goes to the closet. What are you doing in the closet? I'm praying. You don't have to literally go in the closet, but the idea is that you get in a private place so that you have no one else you're impressing. All you're impressing is God Almighty and having an intense prayer time with God. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is the new Bold Steps Weekend. We'll jump back into the second half of today's message in just a moment, so please stay with us. Today's message is from our series on habits, disciplines that make a difference. And if you've missed any of the previous messages in this series, you can catch up online when you visit boldstepsweekend.org. Now, did you know that in addition to this weekend program, you can also catch Mark's bold and passionate teaching every weekday on our sister program. You'll find Bold Steps with Mark Job on the radio, over the internet, and through our popular Moody Radio app. To learn more, just go to boldstepsweekend.org. But let's not hold up the message any further. Once again, here's Mark Job. The third mistake he says to avoid is this. Don't confuse wordiness and repetition with effective prayer. Uh, Notice what it says in verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling. I love that. Don't keep on babbling like the pagans. You see, the pagans, a lot of the pagan uh, religious groups, what they would do is they would get into chanting. They would start chanting. And do you remember when uh, the prophet Elijah was... uh, the, the prophets of Baal were challenging Elijah and uh, there was 400 of them and they started dancing around and chanting and babbling and trying to get the attention of, God, of their gods and, and he wasn't listening. So sometimes we think that if we say a lot of words, God is going to listen. And if we talk a lot and, and, and chant a lot or do a lot of wordiness that somehow God is going to listen. In fact, some of you were taught In in the religious tradition that you grew up in, some of you were taught that if you repeated a certain prayer 20 times or 30 times or 40 times, that God would listen to you, and the more times you repeated it, the more chances you have that God would listen. How many of you have done that growing up, maybe? Yeah, some of you. Well, here's the thing. Jesus is saying, no, don't do that. He, he says, do not pray, don't keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask Him. Do you realize that you come to God and say, God, I have a really big request? He says, I know. But, you know, I'm in this situation that's really tough. Oh, I know about it. Yeah, but I got myself into this situation because, I, yeah, yeah, I was there. But, but you know the history of it, yeah, I, I was there, there too. So, you know, God knows your needs even before you ask Him. Isn't it great? Now, I've run into some people that say, well, if God knows, why should I ask Him? Here's the thing. God wants you to ask Him. God delights in you going to Him. 
There's something about you believing enough to come to God in prayer and ask him that God says, yes, I love that. Even though God already knows the situation, God is still delighted when you come to him and you express your faith and ask him. But what God doesn't want you to do is to learn a prayer that you learned when you were small and just repeat it mindlessly over and over and over and over and over. You see, because he goes in and, and he switches gears and he says, verse 9, this then is how you should pray. And he gives him a prayer that many of us have been repeating since we were little kids. You've known we call it the Our Father or we call it the Lord's Prayer. And it's a prayer that you and I probably have known since we were small. How many of you grew up praying the Our Father and you've known it since you were a little kid? I went to a school when I was young that before we started classes, there were two prayers that the children would pray. They would pray the Our Father and the Hail Mary at the beginning of the class. And then at the end of the class, they would pray the Our Father and the Hail Mary. So every day, class would start with the Our Father and the Hail Mary, and class would end with the Our Father and the Hail Mary. And all the kids knew it. But most of the times, we said it without really thinking what we were saying. It's kind of like the Pledge of Allegiance that children learn now. Pledge of Allegiance to the United States of America for the Republic for which it stands one nation under God. What, you ask, oh, what's a republic? I don't know. <laughs> what's allegiance? I don't know. How many of you know you can memorize something but not know what you're saying, right? You can memorize. Some of you learn songs in a different language. You've heard a song in French and you sing it and someone says, do you know what you're saying? No. But you can mouth the words. I believe with the Our Father, sometimes it's the same thing. We know the Our Father, but do we really know what we're saying? Do we really comprehend what we're praying? And was Jesus teaching us to pray this prayer? You say, well, of course he was. I mean, he says, when you pray, you should pray like this. Ah, hold on a second. This is then how you should pray. If you look at the Greek and what it says there, it says this is then the pattern or the form or the way that you should pray in. Obviously, Jesus had just taught us that he doesn't want us to repeat mindlessly things, so he couldn't be teaching us to just to say this learned prayer, that we this, repeat this prayer over and over. He's teaching us not a magical prayer to pray, but he's teaching us a pattern of prayer, a form of prayer, a way to pray. Are you tracking with me? So, if he's teaching us a pattern to pray, then we need to ask ourselves, okay, well, what's the pattern? What's the format? What exactly is in this prayer that should be included in all our prayers? Well, I want to break it down to you, and I want to help you to learn how to not pray the Lord's Prayer because you already know it. But I want to teach you how to pray in the pattern or the form of the Lord's Prayer. Let's just, just to make sure we know this Lord's Prayer we're talking about, why don't we say it all together, okay? Now, we may have learned different versions, so some of us have different versions, and we ha may have a little few different wording, but I'm going to uh, sort of say it as it's found more or less in this text. We've learned to pray this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors also. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Does those words sound very familiar to you? Of course they do. Now, I'm going to have you break this down and teach you uh, the pattern of prayer. So I'm going to give you several points of what you're praying when you pray this prayer. All right, let's start out with the first phrase. The first phrase of the Our Father is that, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay, the first word I want you to put is the word position. You're addressing God as Father. Now, Jesus could have taught us to pray a lot of different ways. He could have taught us to say, Almighty God. He could have taught us to pray, Lord of the universe. He could have, he could have taught us to pray, Invisible, Sovereign Lord. He could have taught us to pray, Judge over heaven and earth. But instead, He chooses to call God Father. Our Father. Not just Father, but our Father. You know why I believe Jesus taught us to, to pray that way? Because the way you see yourself before God dictates oftentimes how you pray to God. If you see God as a distant, stoic, impersonal, impersonal, unengaged judge, then you tend to go to Him very formally and fearfully always expecting condemnation from this uh, holy, distant, stoic God. But instead, Jesus says, our Father. Now, we are all created by God, but we're not all born of God. In John chapter 3, it tells us that if a man is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, he must be born again. Not everybody is born again. That's a choice that you make once you choose to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and there's a process by which the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and you are born again. But once, the Holy, once you are born again, there is something very dynamic that happens the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, and Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son, the Spirit of His Son, into your hearts, the Spirit who calls out, the Spirit inside of us calls out to the Father, and what does He say? Abba, Father. It's an intimate form of Father. In other words, it's like saying, Dad. Learning to trust God for our daily provision. This is the new Bold Steps Weekend, and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Pastor Mark Job. Well, we have a vibrant and growing community online, and we'd love for you to check us out on your favorite social media platform. You'll find us on Facebook and Instagram when you search for Bold Steps Radio. And while you have some free time today, I'd like to encourage you to make your way over to our website and sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly. It's an email devotional that's delivered to your inbox every Monday morning, and we'd love to add your name to the growing list of people who are already being blessed by this free resource. You can sign up at boldstepsweekend.org. And then if you're looking for a great summer read, be sure to make your way over to our current Bold Action Gift. 
It's a book called The Grace and Truth Paradox by Randy Elkhorn. And Mark is back to tell us a little bit more about it. The call to be Christ-like is a weighty pursuit, but it doesn't have to be. And if you're looking for a poignant and practical guide on how to navigate the ongoing issues of today's complex world, I'd recommend a book written by Randy Alcorn called The Grace and Truth Paradox, Responding with Christ-Like Balance. This easy-to-read book will help you recalibrate your perspectives on the current issues of today, while also helping you revitalize your hope for living out the gospel to a lost and broken world. Request your copy of The Grace and Truth Paradox, Responding with Christ-Like Balance right now. It's yours with a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps Weekend. And then as God leads you, would you consider teaming up with us this year by becoming a bold partner? Your monthly financial gift of any amount will touch lives of people all across this country, and you'll receive some extra bonuses as well. Thank you. You can request a copy when you call 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Or go online and give your gift at boldstepsweekend.org. Now, if it's easier, you can send your donation and request for the Grace and Truth Paradox, Responding with Christ-like Balance. You can do that in the mail by addressing your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again next time when we'll continue this conversation on the specific biblical patterns of prayer. The message, Habits of Prayer, and you'll hear it next weekend, right here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.